Live from Ogasawara, this is the Monster Island Film Vault bonus episode 6, Power Rangers in Space, Countdown to Destruction Part 2, featuring Chris Cook. Hello, kaiju lovers and toku lovers while we're at it, and welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. I am your host, the curator of the Film Vault and the archiver of Power Ranger episodes, Nathan Marchand, and joining me today via a internet call, which is why this sounds a little bit different, is... My friend and yours from One Cross Radio, Chris Cook. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing all right, sir. It's it's nice to be here, uh, even over the internet. This is uh, <laughs> this is like my first time on your show. So this I is... know this is the first time you have had a proper appearance on my show because I've been working really hard to get you into the schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, well, we have very different schedules uh, just because I'll yeah, just be like, I live in Mo- I live on Ogasawara on Monster Island, and you live in Canada land, which I think is how you put it in that Beast Wars episode that yes, you yes, which... published last month. Yes, because, yeah. And this is the thing. This is what's really frustrating. This is part two. If you want to hear part one, listeners, because we are covering the final two episodes of the famous and honestly probably one of the best bits of tokusatsu i'm guessing you know especially if you talk to power ranger fans the best episodes of one of the best seasons of power rangers countdown to destruction from power rangers in space i've been archiving all of these episodes because the board has told me that i had to do this when i wasn't researching and recording for the podcast and uh, our new PR person, a Miss Perkins, has been particularly interested in me archiving the episodes for In Space for some odd reason. And so I've been going through a lot of them, and I got to the last couple of episodes. And I'm going to say, first off, right off the bat, I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for Power Rangers. My interest in Power Rangers was relatively short-lived when I was a kid, but I had friends who were hardcore and really into it and stuck with it for a really long time. And so I'm watching, I started watching these as an adult and I have been shocked at how good in space is, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I have to bring all of this up because in our first episode, because this is part two. So listeners, if you want to hear part one, you gotta go listen to Chris's latest episode. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> he's bringing, he's bugging me right now because our entire preamble yeah, <laughs> on your show ended up getting lost because we had internet issues. <laughs> yeah, it's those internet issues strike again, and every once in a while they strike me. Sometimes the internet, as much as I love it, decides not to love me back at that moment. It's it's not the first time. It won't be the last time, but it's also not that time where Christian and I. Our Superman Red Sun episode two vanished into internet Narnia. It's nothing like that. So we're good. We're good. I approve of this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere. It's it's somewhere in internet Narnia. Um, and it's it's interesting. I like that you I, I you mention it on on my show and here. Like you you don't have the nostalgia attached to Power Rangers, which as someone who has so much nostalgia for the show, but 
I didn't have that within space, as I said on my show. I kind of hopped off, as did most people, with Turbo, because Turbo was what it was. Turbo is terrible. Uh, yeah. I, I caught a few, a, a couple of episodes of Turbo while I was doing my archival work, and it was painful. <laughs> yeah, with the exception of its finale. I hate diva talks i'm just gonna say that right now because this got lost in the other episode diva talks is low rent screechy corella deville's little sister yep i can't stand her which is why this new villain the, the new big bad in this season is such a breath of fresh air astronomer no jimmy just like I said in the other preamble, no, I don't have a crush on Astronomer. Shut up, you <laughs> Miss Namikawa loving weirdo. Anyway, so. <laughs> so much sass. <laughs> have you heard my show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 totally. Uh, I'm an active listener. Uh, <laughs> You're a patron, too, so <laughs> you should know these things. But... <laughs> So all of that to say, I'm coming into this really cold. In my research and in my time in the Toku and Kaiju fandom, I have gleaned some things about this season of Power Rangers and about this finale. But interestingly, I have forgotten much of it. So there are still plenty of surprises going on for me because this is a watch along. Oh, yeah. So we um, are that you are not here on the island. No. I have an internet set up here. We are going to be watching this final episode on Netflix via teleparty <laughs> and recording as we go. So it'll be something of a commentary. This is the first time I've done anything like this. So it is a grand experiment to see if you know yeah. if it works out and it's something that we can do again in the future. Yeah. And you know what? I think Power Rangers, more than some of the other stuff I've done watch-alongs with, I'll, I'll say with an exception, because I, I thoroughly enjoyed the watch-along I got to do with Bex, our friend over at Redeemed Otaku. Yes. I did one of these with her about Sailor Moon, and it was a blast, because I'm like, I know nothing. I know nothing of this franchise. So being along for that ride was kind of cool. But I think Power Rangers, even the high bar of In Space... It's the right kind of thing to do a watch along with because it's interesting, but it's not something you have to be watching the entire time. You can watch it and still have the conversation. I also want to quickly say, just because I shared this with you off the air, but I'm going to do it here anyway. It's one of the reasons I recommend Power Rangers. I've seen this season before. I rediscovered Power Rangers in the, like, I finally watched in space in my early 20s. But I'll say in my mid-20s, around 25, 26, is where I started having some uh, some anxiety issues. I think they had always been there, but it's when they were becoming apparent. And weirdly, that's when I started revisiting Power Rangers. At first, it was just because I'm on long bus rides on my way to work, and I'm getting anxious and feeling sick. So what's going to help is a show where arms make whooshing noises. <laughs> Everybody's wearing <laughs> multicolored spandex and doing a bunch of unnecessary backflips. And we got Scottish robots in a season. <laughs> and, like a bunch of fun <laughs> silliness. I appreciate the show so much because I, of... I will tell you, as someone who has been going through all of the Mill Creek Ultraman Blu-rays, Unnecessary backflips are a thing yes. <laughs> with Tokusatsu superheroes. Let me but tell you, it is not limited to Power Rangers. 
<laughs> it's it's one thing I, I appreciate about the show. Outside of like In Space is an excellent sci-fi season. Uh, you and I talked about on my episode how you wouldn't have to tweak much to make this like more adult. Unlike say no, not Turbo, a whole lot. it would be a complete deconstruct and re- reconstruction of it. Yeah. But now I'm preambling a little bit more. We should hop into the episode. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> Although I will admit, doing this watch along is perfect right now. You know, with this is right before Christmas, and you know things are getting really busy around here with all of our Christmas tourists on the Monsterland Resort. But we're finally going to get some time off. Thank you. It's one of the few nice things the board has done since I started working here. And considering that. Just a few weeks ago, we had uh, Jimmy and I had a lot of excitement because he unveiled Mechanic Kong Mark II, and then me and the the boys from Giant Monster BS got to pilot Uber Mogra to help him settle a dispute between <laughs> dispute between <laughs> Godzilla and Kong, and you know, with Jimmy having a background with both the Air Force and NASA, and you know, building spaceships and robots. This is the perfect thing to and. You know, as a little bonus to cap off our first season here of the of the film vault. Oh yeah, well, and also everything you just said reaffirms that Jimmy would be played by Tom Cruise in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's stroking your ego. Can we move on now? <laughs> he strokes mine too. It is very nice. Yeah, very nice. All right, so. Here we go. I've got everything set up, got the subtitles on because, you know, I want to make sure that I catch everything, but also be able to hear you. So here we go. Barring any more Internet issues. Awesome. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, here we go. So our heroes have been defeated and our batlift toting robots are rounding everybody up. Yep. And they're. Hiding. And somehow they don't see our heroes hanging out right over there. They're like a different kind of problematic stormtroopers. I'm just saying. <laughs> so now we get the independence day moment. Yep. Yep. Oh, teleporters. I have bad experiences with teleporters. Gloat, 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 gloat. <laughs> I'm hearing Luna right I outside. I thought she my... knew their secret identities. Actually, she does know their secret identities. Can she not spot them? Well, I no, guess they are I technically her... hiding. I think her mind's been wiped. Yeah, I'm a little confused now. Wipe, right? <laughs> I'm a little confused now. <laughs> Radio, radio, radio! I'm the comic relief, and I'm actually decent comic relief. <laughs> I really don't like Elgar. <laughs> He's better than Turbo, but everything's better than Turbo. Yeah. I don't know, Mom and Wolfman. When was the Wolfman in this? <laughs> Seriously, he looks like the Universal Wolfman. He does. He does. And then Bulk and Skull. Oh the yeah. Heroes. <laughs> Apparently the real heroes they of, the, uh, of the entire franchise. I will die on that hill. <laughs> hey, you and Linkara. <laughs> he, he did convince me of it, honestly. Um, 
because they do. They go through the most oh, growth. Here we go. The most epic theme song possibly so of the good. entire franchise. And it's, we're not skipping it. <laughs> no, no, of course not, dude. Not this one. It's so wonderfully cheesy. I mean, the 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 Mighty Morphin theme will always be the Power Rangers theme, but this I think the way you put it when you and Bex did the first couple episodes of Zio for your watch along was uh this is a freaking space opera, I think yeah. is how you put it. Yeah. <laughs> In space is. It's a it's a wonderful space opera. It's Oh my gosh, that action figure. Yeah, I know. The the battle <laughs> you would say the action is like figure. And then the and then yeah, and then you know, um, you know Melody Perkins, who Jimmy will not let me forget. Yeah, whatever. No, I, well, um, I was going to say we realized they this new Perkins lady, uh, with the board, she shares a name. Yeah, but then again, I share a name with somebody who worked on this show. So yeah, that's fair. And I'm trying to see if her name pops up here. She was the story editor. Her name and uh, and uh, she also was a scriptwriter. Her name was Jackie Marchand, and I can't help but wonder if we are distant relatives, which would be kind of awesome if we were. That would be awesome. But then again, there I can't remember her first name, but there was an old woman who was on The Sopranos. She was the main character's mother, and her name last name was Marchand. Friggin' TJ, TJ is awesome. Like he, he is a great second in command. <laughs> yeah. You know what I kind of appreciate about this? I don't often see stories about conflicts between brothers and sisters. I usually see warring brothers or even warring sisters. Not often do I see brothers and sisters yeah. fighting with each other. Which oh, is kind Carlos of cool to be honest. Hair. Interesting fact, I've been told that uh, Andros's actor, I can't remember his name now, apparently his sister is on one of the CW superhero shows. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't remember which one. I just, someone, uh, it was uh, Travis from Kaiju Weekly told me that. I thought, oh, interesting. I think his name is Christopher Kamen. Yeah, but I don't remember what his sister's name is. And here's the big dramatic moment. Why don't you two get together? They do. They just don't kiss. Like if this was, if this was Tommy and Kimberly, they'd be making out by now. Yeah. yeah, yeah except I'm sorry. I know enough to know that Kimberly breaks Tommy's heart and I'm a little angry. Eh, it's how she did it. The history of Power Rangers videos. I love this exchange right now. Cause under it, he, Linkar would put like kisser you idiot and there's so many yes. moments for it but apparently fox was like no we got to take that out for reasons yeah i wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know if i did a little digging and what the frick is going on <laughs> we uh, we got some dbz action there what the heck we also i also love that that's like the moment where if there was a crane shot it would be over him looking down at his face I was just what, what either that it was either that or it was Highlander. I'm not sure. Did he just have a quickening or something there? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, sometimes I uh, I have actually wondered, you know, if I could somehow track down the real Andros and Ashley and find out if things went well for the two of them after they wrapped up their work as Power Rangers. That right. would be kind of nice to figure out. Uh oh. Exactly. 
Huh? Oh, yeah. Nice. Love it. And I am Spartacus, but sure. <laughs> the, the mad scientist they've been hanging it's out Thomas. with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Wolfman is the Silver Ranger, apparently. So. Yeah. I'm having one of those moments. You know, like you watch something and you have one of those that guy actors or actresses shows up. I'm having that with this. This you know, uh, woman, this uh, you know, this blonde woman who's coming in here, and you know, and she, yeah. you know, at, she was in the last scene as well. I'm like, where? Why does she look familiar? I don't know why. Of course, uh, yeah. The solution is just kill everybody in that yep. crowd. Yeah, nice job. Yep. So yeah, just be oh, thorough. I, I love the moment that's coming up. Kill everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> Secret identities are for chumps. <laughs> so, can you pause for a sec? Uh, pause the video? Yeah. Sure. All right, so <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned in my show that we would, uh, there was a moment coming in the second part where I was like, I would just tweak it one way, it's fine, but it would have just... The moment where Bulk and Skull see who the Rangers are as they reveal themselves to everybody... It's a fine moment. It's like it's a great moment, but the only thing that would have made that better or felt like realer would have been if it could have been as close to the original cast as possible. Just because as Linkara points out in his history of Power Rangers in Space video, um rightly and in this, like Bulk and Skull have changed the most out of everyone. They've gone from terrible bullies who wanted to learn karate to beat people up to being the first people to go stand forward knowing, hey, these these characters are going to kill us. Um, to, they just don't know TJ and the rest of the crew as well. So it's fine for what it is. It's a great moment within the show still, but I'm just like, how much more would have it felt earned or impacted if it could have been, if one of the OGs could have been involved a bit, right? That That's all. Like, it's it's not a strike against the show because they couldn't have done that. But it was just one of those like, oh man, as I'm watching it, it would have just been, how much more would have been like them, like friggin' Billy, who I used to bully? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, but, you know, that was the nature of the, the rotating cast, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely absolutely like not it's still a great moment within the episode it was just i wanted to just follow up on that from before sorry about that yeah i mean and they had already peppered some of the previous cast members throughout this season anyway you know which we talked about a little bit in the now lost preamble yeah, yeah Adam well, half back. lost preamble for yeah because <laughs> only mine got saved uh uh, <laughs> yeah. uh to that because they brought back the i can't remember the you know the kid you know which i described as you know how to do justin. shazam badly yeah justin and uh yeah. who else, uh, <laughs> uh the uh, the mighty morphin black ranger adam. played by johnny young bosh uh i can remember the actor's name but not him uh adam. his character name but adam yeah, yeah no, he no, came the, back. The, the character with yeah which yeah Adam was like my one of my 
favorite of the replacement Rangers, he was great. That's because he's Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm good if we continue. I just wanted to quickly call All right. that. All right. That's fine. All right. So here we go. Back to the episode. The big old heroic music. I kind of wish all six of them were there, but yeah. Fun fact. I heard while researching mega ranger that this was the last Sentai for a while to have two girl Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. They often don't. Um, it and wasn't the last, is, but it was the last one for a while. Yeah. Well, they often don't. And the big tell is the uh, the skirt. Often yeah. In the pink, uh, the pink, uh, the pink ranger always has a little mini skirt, and the, the yellow ranger often doesn't. The yellow ranger doesn't always. So, like in Mighty Morphin, yeah. The the uh, Sentai yellow ranger was uh, was actually a male, so oh, yeah. he doesn't have yeah. a skirt. But in Mega Ranger, it was a girl. So. Yeah. And Bulk and Skull actually got in on some of the ba- on the action there and they beat up a few Gontrons. Yeah, which should tell you how incompetent these henchmen are. I mean, these guys are stormtrooper levels of incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you appreciate that, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they sound like you, Jimmy, on your microphone. Can you explain more- that? They're maybe similar to the the OG battle droids in terms of like how much of a punch they can take. Did you did you just reference the prequels? I did. <laughs> Jimmy is seething. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> one of his triggers. But, but it, hear me out. It's the the original battle droids couldn't take a punch, right? We we were shot no. repeatedly. Neither th- can these guys. The stormtroopers can at least take a punch. Yeah. So I love this twist. We've only been looking for you this whole season. (laughs) What? Yeah. I knew this was coming. This is one of the parts that got spoiled, but yeah. Love it. Love it. Like what? You got? I gotta kill you to save the day. Not usually how you would uh, see a kid's show end. I'm just saying. Oh. And he's about to do it, man. Oh. Uh, uh. Hold, hold, build the drama. <laughs> We have to say destroy because we can't say kill at this in this time for children's entertainment. Yep. Oh yeah! Finally, the brother and sister get the chat and the dramatic music. Yeah, you, you might want to lead with a different line next time. <laughs> There's some good yeah, shots here, man. I know that uh, red is not her natural hair color, but uh, she's certainly living up to the uh, the redhead stereotype here. 
<laughs> She's also rocking it. It looks good. Yeah, she got a bunch of wigs, which I read an article that actually um, thought was, I thought was interesting. He said the reason why up until the, the last 10 episodes, when she gets her locutus treatment, yeah, the, the reason why she kept changing wigs all the time is because one of her themes as a character is she's trying to figure out who she is. She yeah. has an identity crisis, so she's always changing her hair color, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. But until you get to these last 10 episodes and then she keeps the hair because she's forced to become this one-dimensional character. Yeah. Oh, man. So he reflected her shot back at her. I know. <laughs> and she's... She did. Looks like she did. Again... I've been spoiled. I know she isn't. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I know what happens after this. <laughs> okay, let's get some stuff from Ecliptor here because Ecliptor is. I just can we park here at Ecliptor for a second because yeah. he has a remarkable amount of depth too. Now, I would say on the you know on the sliding scale of evilometer, he's more evil than Corone, but he has a surprising amount of depth because he genuinely cares about Corone. Oh yeah, and he's the closest thing she ever had to a father, and he he lives by a code of honor. Oh, absolutely. It's not Darkonda, where Darkonda is just a Machiavellian opportunist. He doesn't care what he has to do. Thousand if he, percent. he'll do whatever he has to to get to accomplish his goals. There are lines Ecliptor won't cross. Yeah, yeah. So a little tidbit. This is. One of the few times, like, a general and a Red Ranger have, like, an ongoing one-on-one -on -one feud throughout the whole season. That it makes oh, it that's interesting. The finale. And... Oh, man! Whoa! Dramatic Sentai footage! Yeah, he blocks her. <laughs> he tries to block her. Oh, Wow. Yep, and then this uh what do the what does the fan base call it? Like the Z wave. wave or something like that? The Z wave. Oh the, they, they I, I feel like I'm watching Endgame suddenly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a bunch of people just got dusted. Yeah. And then Phantom Rager and Blue Centurion RK. Yep. Oh come on, they won't wipe out these characters. What? Nope. What? What? <laughs> They're kind of turned into humans because they were at one point, good question mark. <laughs> I guess, and uh, if those are the same actors, I didn't realize how cute I Rita is. Um, I can't believe I just said that, but and she doesn't get dusted. Why couldn't you dust her of all people? So oh, I hate you, Diva Talk. Actually, uh, okay. Without the crazy costume and the makeup, she's actually attractive. I will admit that. So. <laughs> That kind of tosses back to Turbo. Turbo, when Zordon and Alpha left, uh, they were replaced by the jive-talking Alpha 6 that they got rid of. Nobody liked what? it. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Elgar gets dusted, but not Divatox or Rita or Lord freaking Zed. <laughs> with with Divatox... I'm a little confused about how, about how the D&D &D alignment works in this universe. So the... <laughs> Evatox one does make sense. Uh, in Turbo, um, they had a second mentor named Demetra, who just spoke in riddles and was super annoying. But she had said when she was young, her sister had been kidnapped by pirates 
and you find out Divatox had been, as a young girl, had been kidnapped by pirates. They never out and out said, like, all they all but confirmed that Divatox and Demetra were were sisters and Divatox was originally good. So Wasn't that because the they had to use the same actress and they were trying uh, really hard to hide it? <laughs> I think so. that played into it too. So, but it was a comment on that where it's like, hey, she was uh, Demetra's sister all along. Or something. Oh, Ashley sad her her boyfriend's not back in town. <laughs> My boyfriend's back and there's gonna be trouble. Ooh, I would. <laughs> um I will admit part one, we're getting close to the end here. Part one was a lot more slam bang action. This has just been a lot of drama. Yeah. Which I actually think works. So we kind of got the action finale in part one, and this is the emotional finale. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll I'll go on the record here. To me, this part is the only thing I'd consider a misfire from this. Other than the Balkan skull thing? No, that was that was amazing. Uh, oh. And that that couldn't that it couldn't be what it. It could have been because they couldn't have gotten that cast back. So it was still great for what it was. This is too cheesy for what's Wait, been hold on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> right on her, his tears returned her to her Corone atmos- uh, personality and brought her back to life. I, 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 I don't know what, oh, just what? Yeah, I, no. Even by Power Ranger rules, that makes really no sense. Yeah, no, no. That's the only, that's the only misfire uh, of this episode. Okay. I think you, I, I get it that it's supposed to be the fact that he's her brother. And it's love but and crap. I, I think you could have done that a little bit differently. Hey, is that a pizza delivery guy? What? Space pizza delivery guy. <laughs> uh, and here's our uh, distant colonists. Yep. we are here to pick up Blondie McHandsome. <laughs> Legolas. Uh, the, the, sixth, the sixth ranger, Zane. Yeah, he looks like Legolas. Will you two just kiss? Seriously. <laughs> Get it over with. <laughs> Wait, what? He leaves? Well, because they're on Kale, they're on the planet, and he's like, I gotta help these people because they're my people. But she loves you, you idiot. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, this will make a little bit more sense because I know Andros, at the very least, comes back one more time because there's a, a big old crossover episode in lost galaxy. So. Uh, he comes back. Well, he comes back a couple times because also okay. forever red. Oh yeah. Cause he's a red ranger. Yep. Dude, you were competing with Peter Parker in terms of dumb romantic decisions right now, <laughs> except it made sense for Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, listeners, 
and kaiju lovers. In case you didn't know, I do love other things besides kaiju, and superheroes is one of them. Things I talk part about of the reason why we're watching this. So what? Things I talk about on my show like all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's because you talk about a little bit of everything. That's true. <laughs> oh. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, I take it back. I take yes. it back. Yes, All right, sir. Andros. <laughs> yeah, because you, you came back. Smart move, my friend. Smart move. Smart, smart, smart. And we'll, we'll, we'll just bring the sister along. Why not? Yep. There's room. Yeah, it's a big ship. This uh, this definitely gave me some Star Trek vibes ro- watching it with their bridge set and everything. Yeah. I just realized we didn't get any Zord action this ep- oh, either no. of these episodes. They got wasted in the last episode. Yeah, except for the ship. Yeah. Because the ship's a transformer. <laughs> All and, right. And that was... Captain- oh, wait, 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 wait. We got bloopers. I killed you! Yay! (laughs) Destroy all monsters? Okay. So it switched back to Canadian (laughs) Netflix for me and launched right into Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) It tried to send me to Stretch Armstrong, I think. (laughs) I have no idea. But alrighty, I know you got to run here pretty soon. But well, let's do some uh, some quick wrap up here. Uh, yeah, I mentioned on. No, I don't want to watch Stretch Armstrong. Stop it. <laughs> I had mentioned in the other one that my friend Michael Hamilton, who is the among the biggest Power Ranger fans I know, was uh, hyping this pretty hard when he knew I was going to be recording a watch along with you on this, and. I think that was a very worthy finale uh, for this show, certainly. Uh, it moves very briskly, but that's how this show is. It's really kind of how Power Rangers is in general. Yeah. The, they're very, what's the word, uh, compressed? No, not compressed. That's, uh, yeah, compressed. It's very compressed storytelling, which I think for what it is, is it works for it. I will admit sometimes I do kind of wish they would linger a little bit on some of those emotional moments, but then I have to remind myself what show this is. So, (laughs) and as a finale, not only for in space and for really what was supposed to be the finale for the entire power Rangers franchise, Sentai was going to continue on, but they were going to end it because the ratings had tanked so hard. But then, my understanding was Saban looked at the numbers for Countdown to Destruction. They're like, well, day. <laughs> Look well, at these numbers. I think we'll keep going because money. Yeah, Countdown to, <laughs> Countdown to Destruction and In Space. Just the series as a, as a whole really brought the audience back and then some. Like, I, I don't have an exact quote or anything, but out of stuff I've read, I think it was not necessarily comparable to power rangers at the height it reached but it was higher than zeo and zeo was enough to get like another show turbo was barely enough to get another show whereas they were like we're done and then in space and countdown to destruction were so big and so well received and watched they're like we're keeping going uh even though we just wrapped everything up uh yeah 
Yeah, they started taking the Sentai approach where it's a different team every season. And yep. Which, it's in the same universe, but they didn't care. But they are not continuing the stories of those characters necessarily. Yeah. And most so. of those have crossovers like the Sentai do where the previous team shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some or most. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the it was the end of an era. Uh, for and this what, franchise and, and near as i can tell from talking to power ranger fans like you everything that came after this never quite reached the heights of this now this immediately dovetailed into lost galaxy i believe is what it's called yeah and uh, it has a similar theme it's kind of an outer space thing <laughs> a corone comes back which is what actually has me interested enough to actually watch lost galaxy because I, though what's interesting about her is that, as I said, she was the, the big bad in this season. And when they bring her back, they make her a Power Ranger. Yeah. Which I think is the only time they've ever done something like that. And even that was something they weren't planning on. It's because the original Pink Ranger actress got diagnosed with leukemia. So she yeah. had to leave halfway through the season. And they're like, well, crap, what do we do? And then I guess somebody in the writer's room said, hey, let's bring Corone back and make her the, make her Power Ranger. That'll <laughs> actually fit with her character arc. So uh, I'm actually kind of excited about that idea. I do hope I wasn't able to figure it out. Did that actress recover from her leukemia? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. she did. Yeah, okay. she did. She did. Okay. I'll I would have been really sad if she hadn't. <laughs> It would have been, uh, added a bit of tragedy to what I thought, honestly, was a brilliant decision on yeah. the creator's part. I'll say Lost Galaxy is not one of my favorites. It's got some cool stuff. Uh, the the in-space crossover is fantastic. There's, a like, Corone coming back was great. Something involving, like, how, do you know? Do you know? Like, can I share? I don't want to uh, the I don't want spoilers. Okay, so I, I won't, I won't. It's just... The thing that sets up Corone returning was was crazy interesting. And then there's some other things that pop up where you're like, yes, awesome. Because it's some awesome things showing up that you've already seen. But you're just like, oh my gosh, this is cool. But Lost Galaxy, um, uh, to me, unlike In Space, In Space was, like we discussed on my episode, the Sentai was a video game season. And how they got a video game season to a space opera was just phenomenal. Because in yeah, space, although knowing that, I can see the seams a little oh, yeah. bit more closely. Oh, uh, like I joked on your show, it was like there are points where like, wow, someone punched the, the Red Ranger so hard he flew into another show. Absolutely. <laughs> but then to me, they because In Space was so successful, they were like, the next season is going to be Lost Galaxy. We're going to be in space again. And it was an environmental season. And they didn't have that. You notice the seams, as you pointed out, a lot more in Lost Galaxy. It's not that Lost Galaxy is bad by any means, but it's also like, compared to another show, would be Supernatural. The first five seasons, like, were one plain story, right? So there was a conclusion at the end of Supernatural season five. That show just ended in season, what, 15, 16, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I watched the first chunk of season six, and it's fine it's a fine show but it's not what the last five seasons were especially the fifth season so that's where it'd just be like lovingly just like hey when you go into lost galaxy it's not in space it, it takes a while for it to get back to that level 
in space was everything going right that could possibly go right. It was, it, you could argue, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to get to that, Jimmy. Does Lost Galaxy go full Captain Planet? Uh, not as much as a later season or two does. I was just going to say, uh, to paraphrase Tropic Thunder, never go full Captain Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Power Rangers, like as any fan will notice, like they often recycle themes like dinosaurs. They're about to go on to their fourth dinosaur team after Beast Wars. All right, not Beast Wars. Sorry, Beast, Beast Morphers. Beast Morphers. <laughs> we just, you, you public, you know, we talked about Beast Wars. Yeah, you got Beast yeah. Wars on the brain. So um, they're going back to that, but they did cars three times: Turbo, Operation Overdrive, and then a car theme was in at least in the Tire and Zords RPM, which is to me RPM is like my personal favorite Power Ranger season, and it lifts some stuff from in space. Judd Lynn, who produced Power Rangers and was heavily involved in In Space, was brought back in RPM, but that's a different topic for a different time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the environmental stuff comes up often in Power Rangers. It's not at its worst in Lost Galaxy. It gets much, much heavier handed in later, later seasons. Okay. Well... With that, I know you got to get going. So unless there's any other final thoughts, we'll wrap things up here. So go at it, Chris. Do your shameless self-promotion because no episode of MIFV would be complete without shameless (laughs) self-promotion. All right. Well, I I struggle with shameless (laughs) self-promotion. It's so weird. I'm happy to plug other people's stuff. But as soon as someone's like, hey, what do you do? I'm like, I I do things. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately or fortunately, I think shameless self-promotion is one of my spiritual gifts. (laughs) (laughs) But dear listener, if you want to hear me talk about Power Rangers at more, I've done a couple episodes about Power Rangers, some Let's Watches right around Christmas. I did a watch along of the wonderfully terrible Alpha's Magical Christmas, a non-canon oh <laughs> non Power Rangers that, Christmas special. I, I have heard that that is like the Star Wars holiday special of Power Rangers. Oh, it's <laughs> not nearly as bad as the Star Wars holiday special. This has charm. Uh, calm album. down, Jimmy. Calm down. Calm down. All right. <laughs> but uh, as Nathan said, uh, we talk about a lot. We've got a new series called Unmade where we're looking at unmade shows movies of some varying franchises and seeing if there's stuff we enjoy about it or if we're fully in agreement as to why it never saw the light of day at whatever stage of production it got canceled nathan will be in an upcoming episode of that where we're looking at unmade godzilla films and there are many the most recent episode i explored with a pastor buddy of mine unmade movies based on spider-man it, oh, I have not heard that one yet. No, it's uh, dropping. I heard, it, I heard the I, I heard the Batman one, but yeah, I'll have to catch up on Spider Man. So I'm looking forward to recording more of those. We got some great stuff lined up. Um, we, yeah, shout we out to John Lemay. I know about unmade Godzilla and, films because of you, John. <laughs> and we'll talk about stuff from uh, spiritual things, elections, uh, life, but how our faith impacts that and. 
I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy the show. And I, I and listener, I hope you do too. You can find us on every podcatcher, but primarily off of onecrossradio.podbean.com. Uh, you can look us up. Our website is onecrossradiopodcast.com. And you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at 2099OCR. Why 2099? Because I love Spider-Man 2099. And outside of I have rabbit, been wondering about that for a while, actually. Yeah, no, and I, you just confirmed what I always suspected. Well, I also really enjoyed the uh, Marvel's 2099 imprint outside of Ravage. That was just a weird character. The rest, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that that time frame in Marvel Comics, so why not? Because Doom yeah. 2099 is friggin' metal as anything, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard good stuff about Doom 2099, it's, actually. It was a, especially the back half, it was a great run. All right. Yep, so I think that's all my plugs. You can also find me on Patreon. (laughs) All right. Well, and uh, just to make sure I get it in, I want to give a shout-out to our patrons really quick. Yourself, obviously, Chris. And then then Bex from Redeemed Otaku, Eli Harris. uh, Make sure I get all of these. Why didn't you give me notes, Jimmy? Uh, (laughs) Danny DeManna. You would think I remember all of this. Uh, uh, Michael Hamilton and Travis Alexander. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> can, can I shout much, out much appreciated. What? I'm going to quickly, uh, since I have an opportunity, thank my patrons. Also, Bex from Redeemed Otaku. And uh, you, my good sir, thank you for being a patron. <laughs> you are welcome. So I got that out of the way. Season two, Kaiju Lovers will be starting up next month. In 2021, I'm not necessarily looking forward to it because the board has mandated that I spend a year covering Gamera. (laughs) Not only that, but uh, I don't know what vested powers that they have, what strange voodoo they are tapping into, but apparently they have the authority to declare who is the king of the monsters and they have moved the crown to Gamera Godzilla and Kong, for that matter, are not happy about this. So we'll see how that all plays out. (laughs) Anyway, so you have that to look forward to. Beginning with the original Gamera film from 1965, Gamera the Giant Monster. So we'll see you then, I guess. There's three really good ones that you're going to get to later in the year that we talked about on my show. Yeah, there's four, but you haven't seen the fourth good one. That's true. Well, I, I wasn't knocking it. Is it on the level of the other three? No, but it's still good. (laughs) All right. So with that, Jimmy, cue credits. Thank you for listening to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nathan Marchand. If you enjoy the show and want to join the discussion, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Your message could be read on a future episode of the show. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault and on Twitter, where our handle is TheMonsterIsla1. You can also follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy. I have fulfilled my contractual obligations. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wander on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Sarax, 
Juan Madrano and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Open Way, Battle with the Colossus by Kowatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. It can be downloaded from ocremix.org. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and other fine podcatchers. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to spread the word about the show. You can also support MIFV on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara! Jimmy, what the heck? The audio for both of these bonus episodes was not up to snuff for what we usually do here on the island. I already had to excise the credits and put in some that sounded better because the live broadcast versions did not sound great. And my audio? What the heck? I sound like I'm in a well. And Lassie, despite rumors to the contrary, is not a kaiju and not coming to save me. So, what's going on? What do you mean you don't know? You're my freaking producer. You have one job, and that's part of it. You look into it? That's good, because season two is... Scrayon. Roar. What? Goji-kun? Bro-kong? You're back? Scrayonk. Roar. Wow, I, I didn't know when you guys were going to come back. You've been gone for months helping other kaiju fight COVID around the world, as instructed by Shinji Yaguchi. So it's great to see you back. Wait, was it you two who screwed everything up when Chris and I did these bonus episodes? Scrayog. Roar. Of course it was. Well... I'll have you two little gremlins know that while you were gone, because I know all the shenanigans that you got into while you were here, and I knew when you came back you'd get into even more, I hired another mascot to keep the both of you in line. Scrayonk? Roar? Yep. Swatch! Meet Ultramite. He's Ultraman's little cousin. So the next time the two of you decide to cause any trouble for MIFV, you're going to have to deal with the universe's tiniest ultra hero. I hope you're prepared for that. Scrayonk. Roar. Swatch!